the title of this podcast is Baptist to Charismatic, colon, Finding the Holy Spirit. So <clears throat> Something's wrong with the algorithm if they don't. If this, this one, one don't, <laughs> if this one don't bump up on the trending charts, we got something wrong. But in all truth, I guess where to start. I guess I guess where we'll start is what I used to believe. So we just watched videos. If it didn't make it in, one day you'll see it probably. If I get the courage enough to post these old videos, I used to be one one of those Christian conservative YouTubers. I want to be like them, out out heretic hunt and try to protect pick the words they say out of context. Like I'll pull I'll pull a sermon snippet off of a YouTube page, and then put my analysis on it, say why I think they're a heretic, and and feel pretty feel pretty satisfied in it. And um, I guess this is the first the first point that I want to say is. You know, the people that I used to think were heretics seem to be the ones who have it all figured out. <laughs> so, six months. So, I got saved February 2020. Me and Brayden talking. We would have three-hour-long conversations. You remember those days? We would talk on the yeah. phone, like, for three hours just talking about God. And uh, that's what birthed this podcast is when we're like, dude, let's just keep talking on the phone, but let's just record our conversations and we'll post them. And so, right around the time we start talking about these podcasts, I was watching YouTube videos, and you sent me a YouTube video by the name uh, by a guy by the name of Todd White, and he was healing people. And I remember just so giddy, such such a child, and watching these videos, like, look what my God can do! Like, look what God can do! He like, he wants to heal people; he's healing people, and. At that time, like, I would show them to everybody, and a person close to me said, oh, that guy's a heretic, it's fake, yada, yada, this, that, and the third. And the reason I share that story is because that, that's when the first seed of religion got planted in, in my soul, in my Christianity. And so that was the first exposure I had to, that person's a heretic, don't listen to him. Which, before that, I would just listen to who I wanted to listen to and enjoy who I wanted to enjoy. After that, I ended up getting connected to a Baptist church, and I came across the movie American Gospel. American <laughs> Gospel, if y'all don't know, right now, let's. How do you how do you want to describe American Gospel? Because you you <laughs> you, I'm sure would have some choice words for it. No, I don't have choice words for it. Not negative, but yeah, no, I have a lot of. I, yeah, I mean, I I definitely watched it a lot. Um, I think uh, I think that. Um, I, I felt like the first thing I kind of noticed, um, funny thing, I actually was, wa- I had actually been watching, um, had watched like the American Gospel before you had sent it to me. Really? Yeah. And I was like a little, I was a couple minutes in and I was like, man, I do like that these guys are, um, going after it. You know, yeah. They're either like, like, I like that this is a big movie. I'm like, seeing yeah. how many views it has. I'm like, man, this is cool. Like, they're going to get down to it, right? Yeah. Um, and then I just start hearing these hurt stories, right? Um, yep. People that got hurt by um, Benny Hinn, people that got hurt by... And my immediate thought was like, I never listen um, to a person's take that's hurt, right? And I throw mm-hmm. out my own... Um, I throw out my own opinions that are hurt hopefully. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, and I grow, right. Um, and I just saw, um, yeah, just, it just hurt people. Um, and, and then I was like, well, you know, whatever, well, I'll kind of keep watching. And then, um, it gets a little bit hazy, um, the full movie cause it's been so long, but, um, I just remember them showing clips of, of people and, um, some out of context, some in, in context, context that they completely just disagreed with, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought, first thing was after watching, I was like, man, that was so unfair. Like, um, the amount of people that were thrown in together, right? Yeah. Um, people yeah. ranging from your Kenneth Copelands <laughs> right. to your Todd White, yeah, to your, you name it, they they threw them all under yeah. under the same umbrella, and I'm like. You ha- like these guys have no connection, right? Like mm-hmm. these guys, um, some people do. Some people are, are you know, total opposites. Had, this is what right? coming from a filmmaker. 
you have your story that you're creating right. and you're like just like you're writing a paper you find your sources just to right. fit your storyline and they had their storyline which is yeah. the lord doesn't move in power today it's like a cessationist movie right 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 um and you know they had um a- examples of people come on and i didn't there wasn't really one person that i saw that like that their story wasn't about being hurt in this movement. It's true. Right. Um, and I disagree with any time there's a, a, a movement that is comes from being hurt. So, um, yeah, I thought it was unfair to throw people together. Um, I thought that, um, you know, which they said that they had asked people to come on they and they declined. But it's like, I, I don't know. Like, I think that's like, <laughs> almost again, unfair it, right like, again the way you put that in there frames it in a way like they didn't wa- they couldn't defend themselves yeah yeah exactly you know like and it was gu- like like guilty like we gave them the yeah yeah it was like it, it was like an indictment that they they had no defense exactly. of themselves and my perspective is like i these guys didn't i would i would have naturally wanted to defend myself these guys didn't mm-hmm. want to that says a lot about them right that they needed no defense, that they needed no... Which is, we talked know, about the other day, is Imagine if they came together and they're all like, hey, let's all jump on this. Let's combat it. Let's make our own movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there's... Um, yeah, there's a humility in that. And um, so, yeah, obviously a, a lot I disagree with, but... Um, but you're... I tried my best to take, like, you know, what was good out of it and stuff. Um I can't remember. There were some parts at the start of the movie that I really liked. Um, there was a part about Catholicism, and then that was perfectly. Yeah, described. yeah, yeah. There's some good stuff in there, like, but like just the heart of, um, I don't know. It just felt like hatred, and I don't know. Yes. So that was so. Kinda... So the reason I said it, so, this was a small brief summary of the movie and what it was is, you know, like we said, it's basically a movement of cessationism. So at this point. I go from watching a Todd White video to, like, I watch the American Gospel. I'm a student of the American Gospel at this point. I'm a full-on cessationist. I call Braden. I say, bro, stop listening to Todd. Stop listening to this person. Stop listening to that person. They are heretics. And mm-hmm. I, this is the first fight. This was probably eight. This was probably, uh, I don't know the timetable, but within a year of us even getting saved, we're already in our first fight about this. And me and him just being brothers, being our cousins, more like brothers. I mean, best friends, you, you, you argue with your friends and it gets combative. So we would have combative arguments over this. And so that was number one. So at this point, I'm a full on cessationist. Um, I go and I begin on this road. I, I just I end up going off to college because this is during COVID. I end up going back to college and getting connected to a, a Baptist church in College Station. And the culture was very much the same of here's the here's a little statement i'll make about my church experience with baptist churches and i don't want to make a stereotypical statement because not all churches are like this but what i've noticed about my time in a baptist church is we spent more time talking about theologies that were wrong and what to stay away from than just loving on the lord and this began my first big, big question of like, I would have these conversations. We were talking earlier. I would have these conversations with mentors, with people I looked up to like, okay, what can, what is the boundaries? Like what, what can we, what can someone believe about God and be a Christian? What can someone believe about God? And okay, this makes them, this makes them heretics. What makes someone a false teacher? What's, what's okay to disagree about? What's not okay to disagree about? And I had this term where it was like, Tier one, tier two, tier three. And if you go back and look, all these podcasts are still up and I probably use this language, but it'd be oh, like yeah. tier it'd be like tier one, must believe in the gospel, yeah. full atonement of Christ, full tier two, you know, if you speak in tongues, you know this was the big one. If you if you believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of God that he moves in power today, that's like a tier two. Like that was always the consensus, but I was always disturbed. Yeah. It's almost like a tier two because like there were so many people that believe that. It's like I can't put everyone in there. <laughs> like, but, exactly. And, and this was the first disturbance, the first rock in my shoe is there was a disconnect between what we say we believe about people and how we treat them. Yeah. Okay, we say, okay, maybe we're not going to worship together. Maybe 
you know, we, we have differing beliefs, but they're still Christian, but we yeah. treat them and we call them names and we, we don't yeah. like our actions are speaking louder than yeah. our words are. So that was my first thing. So then I'm, I'm going to these Baptist churches to keep having the same conversations over and over to the point where I was coming home for summer and I interned at a church, a Baptist church of, in 2021, summer of 2021. And I'm not joking. Once a week, we would have the same conversation do the spiritual gifts still happen today? Are, are miracles still for today? Are signs and wonders still for today? Or did it cease with the apostles? What does God move in power? Can Christians, can can healing still happen through the hands of Christians? And I kept going over it. I kept going over it. And this is the beauty, I think, of I'm just so thankful for the Lord. Is that my first disturbance came because... I was reading the word of God and I, the word of God became a rock in my shoe before I even experienced any of the things we were talking about. I refuse to believe that you have to have a PhD theology and understand this in light of this school of thought, this school of thought, then you have to read in your interpretations into these scriptures to begin to understand, be careful with these scriptures because you, you that you can go out of context. No, the Bible says that kingdom of heaven is for the children and so i refuse to believe that we are to read this as phd students and youtube theologians and not children so if the if the bible says that you can lay your hands on the sick and they will be well if you says that the the deaf ears will be loosened that that means that we are to do what it says like children and so that's that's the first huge thing that the lord did for me is i just became disturbed and at this point, it was really about the end of 2021. We're having conversations. We keep fighting. But in 2022, this was like the first big monumental shift, right? I'm a cessationist. But then after after I got disturbed over the word of God, let me, let me show y'all real quick the first one. It was 1 Corinthians 13. And this will be good just to give y'all some actual practical stuff. And so it's not just storytelling. 1 Corinthians 13 says... And I'll edit this out for some of y'all. This is, 1 Corinthians 12 is about, you know, the body, spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 13 is about love. 1 Corinthians 14 is about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 13, 1. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove a mountain, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude, yada, 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 about love. Verse 8, love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Verse 9, for we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but when the when but then face to face. But then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. I heard a man, a pastor of a long time, and I, I don't respect these people. I don't want to be rude, but like people I love and respect say that when the perfect comes is the canonization of scripture. That prophecy, gift. You can throw in miracles, signs, and wonders, speaking in tongues, all of these things that in this verse, when the perfect comes, that they would argue that that's the canonization of Scripture. And again, if you have the lens, the perspective of a child, no way you read that and say, that's not Jesus. You see in a mirror dimly, but when the perfect comes, there's no way that the apostles, Peter Peter and Paul and uh, Luke, James, John, all of the New Testament New Testament scholars were sitting there writing, man, when the perfect comes, when all of our writings will be collected and there will be in a, what we'll call a canon, right? Yeah. We'll be in a canon and then everybody will read our words and they'll begin to make theologies yeah. about them, right? Yeah. These people don't even know what they're doing. They didn't even yeah. know that their, you know, these people, that their words would be what Christians for thousands of years would be reading. They're just loving Jesus. Yeah. They're children themselves. And so this is one of those verses where I just became disturbed disturbed over is that there's no way 
that if I read this as a child, that miracles don't happen today. So then, around, I think it was in 2022, after I, you know, got disturbed over scriptures, I'm open. I'm not like full on believing, but like I'm out of my bitterness season. I'm out of my YouTube heretic season. And I'm like, I just want to, I just want to learn. Maybe I'll, I'll just be open. I just want to hear people's thoughts. We go to the Send. And this is the first time I met his now wife, McKaylin. Me, him, and McKaylin, we go to the Send in Kansas City. And, I mean, the only person I knew there was Francis Chan. And Francis Chan, you you, you can't not like Francis. Francis is the guy. I mean, just pure-hearted, yeah. the guy. But if you look at his testimony, he even said the same things, that the people that he was told steer clear of, these people are seeing miraculous things. Yeah. And they have a, a level of love yeah. and fervor for the Lord that I can only dream of. Yeah. And so, and he talked about like his first experience with, with healing. He like realized he's like he was uh, overseas somewhere, and there were blind people. Yep. And he felt the necessity, and then he's like, it was like, um, which I I don't know exactly what he believed then, but he like the way he made it so say it was like throw out what I think like these people need healing yep like I feel bad for them mm-hmm. it's like I don't care yep. right like um and then when you get to that place like I think that's um I think that's where you see uh you know healing happen but anyway he he said that um and that like that to me was just like I don't know I, I think that's an important thing for uh people to hear but anyway go ahead which what you're s- saying is the laying down of pride and arrogance. Yeah. Because we, you sit high and mighty on these lofty the, lofty theologies, but then you get in the mud and you see somebody who's possessed by a demon. All of a sudden your theology will change. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so, we go to the send and the only, everyone there is of people that I not that I specifically thought they were heretics but they were all associating with each other this is a, a culture I've never tasted of I'm like ah right there's people people crying weeping worshiping the Lord I'm like that's not my that's not my religion we hands on pockets if you raise your hand you're you're actually you're looking for attention a little bit you know what I'm saying yeah. so this is a culture shock for me and so we go and I just like there was just this groan and longing in my heart that was like I don't I don't really know what it is about these people, but they have something that I don't have. And specifically what you're saying is I began to realize that there was a pride, uh, a level of care I had about my reputation. Um, and I was really dignified that these are the things that began to highlight is that when you get around people that don't care about the Lord, uh, care about anything when you get in rooms with people who don't care, you'll realize the Lord begins to break out and you will begin to see things that you can't have, you don't have an explanation for. And so we leave the sand and I'm like, my heart's burning. I'm like, okay, this is like the real deal. Like these people have things. I'm asking questions. You get to November, right? This is just months of asking questions. We get a guy by the name of Gerardo Arenado on our podcast. And this, for those who have been following us, this will make perfect sense. November of 2022. It's his friend. He was uh, uh, Braden's young adults pastor at Risen Nation, you know, the church connected with LCU at the time. And he comes and visits Braden, and uh, he's like, let's do a podcast. I'm like, okay, (laughs) sure. (laughs) But he's just this random young adults pastor that's connected with these people. I'm a little bit bit nervous. And we end up getting on the podcast, and I remember being, like, like, for real death, like, scared about what this guy <laughs> was going to say and he ended up sharing on that podcast stories of them being in coffee shops in Cal- Orange County, California and people were coming and there was like at the altar there was crutches being left there there was like he he used this one term and I'm going to say it that there would be this weird white vomit that will always stick with me always because it's like demons were getting casted out in a coffee shop in Orange County, California, and, like, it looked ugly. And I remember him sharing that. I was like, I'm getting canceled. Like, our podcast is done. Like, <laughs> I, I can't go back to my church. Like, I'm screwed. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I'm not, 
I'm like, this something is there. Like, what am I missing? I like my spirit is testifying within me, like I'm longing for something. January 2023, we get a guy by the name of Pastor William Hinn on our podcast, and William Hinn is the nephew of Benny Hinn. And so again, I'm like, at this point, I would, I, bro, 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 bro. At this point, I thought I was like this woke, like, you know. Even though I disagree with them, I would like to think I we I steward a platform to where we can we can hear the people's perspectives that even yeah, we disagree yeah, yeah. with. So I'm trying to be all like cool about it, but I'm also very scared about what this guy's gonna say. It's the nephew yeah. of Benny Hinn. I mean, everyone knows about Benny Hinn. If you don't look him up. And so he gets on the podcast and I think, Oh, well, I'm gonna get cancelled again and I think he's gonna come over here preaching about miracles, signs, wonders, yada yada, yada, crazy story break out and he preaches none of that pastor william hand preached the thing that stuck with me the most was the difference between the temple and the synagogue yeah he said the biggest problem in our culture today is we have too many people too many people who care about ministering to people's ears than yeah. tending to the heart of the lord yep that's good and i that was the there's a bunch of pebbles, but that was a freaking boulder in my shoe that I yeah, couldn't get rid of because these are the people that are supposed to be uber focused on like may- maybe they're just chasing experience. I used yeah. to always think that that was my biggest argument. That these people are just chasing experience and they're so infatuated with uh, their flesh that they're chasing experiences. But the thing I learned about these people is actually they the the conservative people care more about the signs and wonders than the people who are ministering to the lord yeah the conservative people are so concerned about what's right and what's wrong that's incorrect theology that's right theology that they're more consumed in talking about it more than people are just loving on god and those things naturally happen as a byproduct right right but that that's that for conservative people who are like american gospel students it's not that it's that that's that's the disconnect in their mind and so pastor william preaches temple versus synagogue and then the holy spirit over the next this whole year began to just that core message of it's about him and not nothing else began to just wreck everything that i was doing and we end up stopping we end up stopping the podcast in may and I just felt the Holy Spirit tell me to, hey, like, stop the podcast, rest. At this point, I really don't have, like, I know I have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because if you're a believer, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. But there's a difference between having the Holy Spirit and being led by Him. Right? Because the reality is, if you don't think that the Holy Spirit can move in power, then, of course, you can grieve Him. You can, you know, you're not allowing Him to move in your life. Because Jesus is in heaven, God the Father is in heaven. So if God can never leave us nor forsake us, that means it's the Holy Spirit who's with us. And He's our counselor, uh, counselor, comforter, yeah, all those things, right? So I don't really know Him as a friend. I don't know the Holy Spirit as comforter. I don't know Him as a- advocate, advisor, whatever. But then in May 2023, He says, stop the podcast, you need to rest. And I remember logicking with God. I was like, I have to do this. Like, this has to happen. This is all I know. Like, I have to minister. I have to minister to the people. <laughs> and once I did that, the Holy Spirit—it's crazy, guys. If you just a lot of times intimacy the, with the Lord is on the other side of laying things down. Yeah. Because after that moment, the Lord began to speak to me. The Holy Spirit began to talk to me. And this is how I knew I had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I was in his aunt, his mom's house and I was walking by a jar of fruit and there was bananas in there. And the Holy Spirit said, don't eat the banana. And I said, oh, fine. <sighs> but what is that like? Imagine having so, such a, like, I'm not saying this boastfully, but like that, like I, a light bulb went off in my head. It's like, you're so, you like, you there's a level of relationship you can have to where he's a friend. Yeah. And I gave him attitude and I started busting out laughing. Yeah. Like that level of relationship is like, even I kind of sound like a weirdo right now. Like if I was saying this a year and a half ago, I would be like, this dude's a weirdo. Right. But 
I'll even say this. About two months after that encounter, uh, Keenan Clark at Celebration Young Adults preaches a message on uh, speaking in tongues, baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he preaches that and he says, come to the altar if you want to speak in tongues. And I didn't come to the altar. All right. I may have went to the altar, but I like was off to the side. Yeah. And uh, nothing happened. But then the next morning I come to the word of God and I start reading 1 Corinthians 14 too. And it's pulled up right here. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. Verse 5, now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. Paul said in verse 5, I want all of you to speak in tongues, but he obviously wants even more to prophesy. You read it, have this perspective and lens of a child. Paul, the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit says through Paul, I desire all to speak in tongues. What do you do with that? Right. But adhere to what the Word of God says. And that's just the theme of it all, is become a child and hear the God. And the cool thing about this story is the Lord didn't just... he. I got undone by the word of God but there was also confirmation I talked to a buddy uh, he's not really probably comfortable with me saying his name but I was talking to a buddy and we have never talked about speaking in tongues ever I call him bro and he's he starts talking about God we haven't talked about God for eight months so I was talking about God and then I just say I just felt the Lord told me to bring it up I said yeah bro like I was reading that guy just crazy encounter last night and dude I think I believe it I think I believe in speaking in tongues he goes why'd you just say that I go, because it was a crazy encounter, and I just would have told anybody. He goes, bro, like the last two months, I'd just be driving in the car, and I'll just start speaking in this thing, and I don't even know what it is. But like, and then I get freaked out, and I stop talking. And then I'm like, dude, because my whole experience was, is I would be in my car, just praying and worshiping, and I'd have this like, just this, this rumbling, rumbling, groaning, and I just yeah. like say these random phrases, and I'd be like, "Oh, I'm not charismatic. What am I doing?" And I'd <laughs> and I'd stop. But me and that guy, I almost said his name. I'm not gonna say his name. Me and that guy had never talked about God for eight months, let alone the craziness of that. And like that's like a level of confirmation I never experienced before. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit begins to do these crazy things like that, and um. I'm trying to figure out where I want to go from here. Sorry, I'm talking Very a lot. Good. I mean, I, I ex- yeah, as expected. But like, like I want yeah. to open this up to like this stuff, like the, just the gospel. Yeah. And like, this is where I'm getting to. Um. And so, I just I feel the story. The story culminates. I think here and I'll I'll mention I don't like mentioning a lot of names but uh, there's a guy by the name of Pastor William Hen right you invited me in 2020 this was in 2022 when I'm open I say I'm open but my heart was still bitter I listened to one of his sermons and I'm just waiting for him to say something wrong I'm wait, sitting there waiting for him to say something wrong so I can just freaking freaking just rip into you bro like dude see this guy's and come to the last year him and Keenan Clark are the only two voices that I've listened to for a year to the point where a few months ago or actually about a month ago I end up getting to have lunch with them and I go I want you to disciple me yeah the people that I thought were heretics I had to come to a place where I was like, you understand the word of God in a way that I have only dreamt of. You have a level of intimacy with the Lord. You have a level of authority. You know, there's a difference between, you know, talking about God and you have a question mark after every statement versus a period. Yeah. Like these people have a level of authority 
and intimacy with the Lord that they don't care about anything else and you can smell it on them you can see it on them you can you can you can see when people are divided in their heart and these people weren't I'm like what do you have that I don't and really I'm thankful that like I've gotten to be around these people but at the same time the Lord was already I already had the answer and the thing that I want to share with y'all now which Brayden I, I guess I've been sharing a lot but based on like the gospel and you think like the like the biggest plague of religion that like I was because I think I am a perfect picture of a whole generation of people like me and I think the rent there's a remnant of people who understand like the purity of ministering to the Lord and having a heart it's like it's it's sad to say but it's almost like it's not popular but it's the purest and so when you think of like the biggest problem I just want you to kind of divulge into it and like talk about the biggest problem and the answer just kind of just kind of run with it I've given you enough to surely you yeah you know well I just like I just want to be careful like um I think like the the biggest um I don't uh you know I don't want to be a a defender of myself or even of like um these people that want to be defended and i feel like i mean don't that of uh, these people that don't want to be defended um and um i feel like there's been times i have and um if the questioning doesn't bring you closer to god mm-hmm. and i think that people miss the li- like literally right you need to have time with god right because the beautiful thing about Cole's story is that when did things get answered, right? Um, it's in his time with the Lord, right? It's his time with God. Um, and you're not going to, you're never, never, I, I never see people get answers to questions that they, um, that they, that they're not willing to let go of, mm-hmm. Right. Um, how, like, how often does, does God show you these things and you're past the point of like actually needing it, right? Mm. There's no necessity, right? Like how often do you experience things of God? Um, you know, like say I'm whatever, you know, you, you, how often does that happen? And I think that you can't get so caught up in what you think you believe, exactly how you believe. Like my thoughts of God and thoughts about God are always molded, right? They're always getting refined and reformed. But if it comes from my time with him and spending time in the word and (laughs) a lot less of... um you know, trying to fight about, um, you know, this people or that people or this or that, because the beauty of what, you know, Cole's story and one of the other things that I always remembered was it doesn't matter who it is. I'll say things, I'll say a quote from uh, William Hinn, or I'll say a quote from Todd White and I won't say who said it and it'll be like, wow, you know, that's from God. Right. And I think that there's people out here that they just want some sureness, right? They want to be sure. And there's a level of surety that this, you know, uh, this way of thinking offers you, right? Um, But I just, I would just be um, more inclined to um go with god right and and go with what um like i want to see i I always ask myself this i don't ask myself what's todd's theology i don't ask myself what's william william hen's theology or whatever i ask myself what what do i think jesus's theology would be right if my life isn't aligned with it then i don't think i want it right what what does he look like? And anything that's personal that stands in the way of that, 
I need to get rid of, right? If there's, do I think that Jesus would be like, whoa, 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 don't be laying your hands on the sick and praying that they'd be healed. What's wrong with you? Do I, can I, can I picture Jesus saying that? No. I picture Jesus giving disciples that probably, that I probably wouldn't have given power to, power to, to go heal people, to go um, cast devils out. He gave them power whenever I would have, I would have, um, if I was as wise and knowledgeable as I, as I think I am or whatever, I would have been like, these guys aren't ready, you know, and that's, that's the Jesus we serve. Um, you know, the one that, that says things like, you know, you eat my flesh and, and, you know, uh, I need to know the whole verse of that, but like, if you're not, uh, if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, then what, what comes after that? Um, basically you have no part. Yeah. Basically like you're not my son, you know, you whatever. You have no right, right, right. You're table, like, basically. you're like not, you're not part of this basically. Yeah. That is someone that is uber focused on the things of God and not super, not super worried about what, you know, how the, how, what the response is going to be. And that's what I want to make sure my understanding is. And, um, the way I, I talk with God. So yeah, long winded way of saying like, there's a beauty in the fact that the things that will just disappear in your life whenever you minister to God, tend to his heart, the theology that that's created in that is really maybe a theology you never thought you would have, right? Um, and I just think that that is the the key and I remember with being with Cole and he'd bring up all these he'd be bringing up all these things and I'd bring up all these things and in the end I'm like I I would feel farther from God after having a conversation trying to prove I'm right or prove he's right and it's not about feelings but you know feelings do tell of something right and I would feel like I am this, the way that we're conversating, the way that this conversation is going, like I want less of God. Yeah. Right. And can I speak to something? I'm just one liner before you. Yeah. I can speak for myself and I I don't, I'm going to be slow to make a broad stereotype, but I think it's affects a lot. The people who are like me, more questioning, more coffee processing sessions than actually loving on God probably had, we're still struggling with sin at the same time. It's hard to be delivered from sin, not loving on God. Yeah. Well, you know what I'd I'm say it's impossible. Like, I think that, I, I, okay, I'd say that. I, I don't, I don't, I can't speak for everyone's life, but the, I can at least say this, like, you will be stuck in this, um, kind of a, just a loop of discontentment. Yeah. Know, that's what I should say. Um, a lot of times, like, I just don't find that people that care, only care for what God has to say to them and what he's, what they're going to say to them. I find those, I find those people to be the most full, the most, um, whenever I'm, around these people, I I find that they spill over just full, right? They're so full of joy. They're so full of peace. And when, if you leave a conversation with them and you're like, wow, like I, I feel like I'm a different person from talking to them. Right. And (laughs) I'm not questioning my, you know, who God is, how he, this, that, and the other. Right. <clears throat> because I think that the tough thing, I think the tough thing about having the other theology, like the, um, you know, like what you had, I just think it's, it's so hard to have that 
tight-knit relationship with God, the one-on-one, because your brain is only thinking about one thing at a time. And I found myself, whenever I was trying to come up with arguments, it was never, I was never like, God, help, you know, if I ever came to God and was like, God, help me with this, um, how to say this thing in this argument, I would always leave that conversation saying, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Yep. I don't got to figure this out. Um, I don't have to prove myself right. Uh, in fact, the fact that I'm trying to, it shows a heart that isn't good. Mm-hmm. But what changed that heart was only my relationship with God. And it's it's the relationship with God that is going to him and talking to him, right? And that sounds so like such a, uh, was it, menial task, right? Such a, um, you know, obvious whatever thing, right? But I find myself all the time, and, and it doesn't even have to, it, even not things that, that do with this, right? Whenever I'm mad about something, I'm mad at someone, I spend time with God, and all of a sudden, those things become, like, I can't even recognize the person, or I, I can't even recognize the thoughts that I was that I was having before the time I spent with God, mm-hmm. right? And I want to trust the, I want to, I trust the person um, that spends the most time with God, right? Mm-hmm. And something that, that, um, Francis Chan said was the uh whenever someone has pride it is you can immediately know that they that they are far from God because someone that's close to God is never prideful right or they know nothing about him or they don't you know if you know God like know him like like you know your friend like you know your father like you know your mother whoever it may be if you know him like that, hum- like there is no chance you'll be prideful. There's no chance that you'll feel the need to defend yourself. There's no chance that you'll um, want to hold on and not be forgiving. There's no chance that you'll want to, you'll be jealous, want to gossip, any of those things, right? Because that is not who God is, right? So long-winded bunch no. of stuff. What, and what you remind me? So, what you the first thing you said. Is like you never had a conversation with me arguing about something and wanted to love God. Like, hey, let me go right. get in his yeah, presence. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing, there's two things I've learned. The first is that the things of God, God is, the, the word theology, a theology cannot fully encompass the invisible God, the God of all power and all glory, the one who created our brains to even come up with the theologies. You can't encompass him. So what I realized is, a lot of my pursuits for two and a half years, for two years, was trying to discover. I have all these questions, and I would always end up at these dead ends of, you got to have faith. Why does God allow bad things to happen? Why is, is you know, God's sovereignty, you know, f- our free will, what is our role in the kingdom of heaven? Like, all of these questions, does God heal, does God not heal? All of these things are summarized in have childlike faith. And so a lot of people struggle with what we struggled with is that we're trying to process these things about God when really we just need to sit at his feet and love him because that's it. And the second thing I learned is that I was more like a Pharisee than a friend of the Lord. You ever notice that the, the people that the, that Jesus talked to, he talked to the Pharisees a lot, but who, who moved his heart? Who did his heart have compassion for? The people who were undignified and did not give a crap about anything but him. The woman who had the issue of blood said, Let me touch your let me touch your the, the, the hem of your garment. Who who touched me? The woman, Luke seven woman, poured oil. There's a Pharisee right there. She's pouring expensive ointment on his feet, crying, weeping. She didn't care what even Jesus had to say because she was so like, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love mm-hmm. you, Jesus. This fairy said if he was God, he would know that this woman is a woman of the city, a prostitute. Refined yeah. people. And it's like, at the root of my whole story, 
I think it was a fear of surrender. Yeah. I think there's a fear of being the child because in our flesh we want to be wise. We want to be able to we want to be able to logic things. We want to have a God we can control and we have a safe God because then I can determine it's a false sense of security in a God that we can control because there's fear in the idea of we have to surrender and he will ask us to do things that we don't want to do. Right. And that he's going to move in power. And sometimes him moving in power, guys, I saw one time and it was real. Like it would be, I, I feel like it's okay to say because like I'm coming from people like I was conservative. I didn't believe in this stuff. This stuff. I saw a demon get casted out of a person. Yeah. It looked like it sent chills down my body. Like it was kind of like, it wasn't scary, but it was kind of scary. It was like yeah. kind of intimidating. And you like this guy, this is not fake. This is real. The, the thing that trips people out is like, okay, if I believe God moves in power, I'm almost scared of what it's going to look like in real life. Yeah. I'm going to have to get out of my comfort zone and go pray for, if, if God gives me a word of knowledge and says that I need to go tell this person something on the street that I don't know, what if I'm wrong? What if I need to pray for somebody and they don't get healed? Like when this plays out, the reality of it makes people scared. Yeah. And I think that's at the root of it all is that we are so dignified. We care about our reputation. We care, we care about this world too much. We care about our dreams and our destiny and all these things. But all of that is hogwash when the Lord says, Hey, go pray for that person. And you're going to look like probably an idiot. Yeah. And so that's like, that's like, that's like the most at the root you can get. But I want to talk now I, I want to give the gospel okay so we talked about testimony we talked about all these things but i kind of want to give i wrote this down today and it was cool i'm i'm uh, hopefully on this clip i want to put the video brayden was watching i made a, a video sent it to brayden kind of trash talking bill johnson in a statement he said and it was full circle because before he got here i didn't i mean i had watched the video but i didn't really know the things that I was writing was the, an answer to the direct question that I asked two years ago. Yeah. And so I'm going to play that for y'all. But this is like my theology, I guess you can say. And so it starts in 2 Corinthians 5.17. And Brayden, at any point, like I'm going to read this. And like if you have thoughts, jump in. I had one. I had one yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. I w- I've just been thinking lately um, about... Um, I think I've been thinking lately about how, you know, my, uh, it was something, it, it was a conversation that, uh, me and Cole had before we started, but, um, I was thinking, I've been thinking lately about how conflict has, um, created, um, the most godly parts of me. And for the people that, um, you know, whoever, uh, you know, say you have, say you have my theology and, and, um, you know, there's people around that have disagree with, with what you think or this or that. And you look at them as, uh, you know, these sores and you look at these people as, um, just, um, you're just like, can't wait till, uh, hopefully God gets after him and you're just, um, almost praying out of hurt, you know, praying out of hurt for them. Like, Oh God, you know, they're, Oh, they're so far off because this, cause that, um, because the things that they're doing for you, to you, mm-hmm. what I would say to you is that it is so important that you take these things as opportunities. Um, not as something that's going to, um, be bad for you or, or whatever, or just being hurt about it in general. This is an opportunity for you and God put them in your life for a reason, right? Because he sees something in you that needs to go, right? If you, if you have someone that is, you know, uh, causing you to act in a certain way, your actions are your problem, right? If you have a hard heart towards someone, that's on you. That's not what because of what they said. It's not because of, you know, what they think. 
um, hard hurt. There's no good excuse for it. And so whenever you start looking at uh, people in general that uh, cause you to be frustrated or angry um, or whatever, if you don't look at that as opportunities um, to grow and to actually be like Jesus. You want to talk about um, the defining things about Jesus? Those are it, right? It's not because um, of all the whatever things. What are the things about Jesus that you most, like you would be like, I don't know if I could do that. How about being loving towards Judas, knowing he would betray him? How about... um, how about uh, whenever uh, Pilate was asking, you know, Jesus, what do you have to say for yourself and saying nothing? How about having that level of surety in who Jesus is that you have no need to defend yourself? And There's meekness and right meekness and Jesus's biggest the things that we all and love him for whenever we experience it in our own life we say lord will you fix that problem for us right <laughs> when god's like i sent them for you to actually grow right you actually this actually was me that uh and you're getting mad about this person um but i sent them to you and don't get it twisted what they're saying isn't from God, probably. This isn't the Lord speaking through them. Uh, but it is God, you know, the devil, people, we're all pawns in God's grand scheme of things. And that's, uh, it's a beautiful thing that we get to be. But, yeah, needless to say, uh, long-winded again, but you, these are opportunities um, not to be taken lightly, and they're from God whenever uh, people are pushing your buttons because you really shouldn't have any buttons to be pressed. What's up, everybody? I'm editing the podcast right now, and there was really no clean-cut breaking point, and so I just decided to make this video real quick to say this is going to be the end of this episode. Next week, there will be a part two. Um, it's going to be 30, 45 minutes. It's going to be really thick with content, really rich. Uh, just like this one was. There's a lot more of the story to tell. And so uh, make sure you stay tuned for that uh, podcast next week. But I pray this bless y'all. And we'll see you in the next one. God bless.